and welcome to the Neo News Today podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, of Neo News Today. In episode 55 of the NNT pod, I sat down and spoke with Joe Stewart, or better known as HalOX2328, to the online Neo community. Joe is currently a member of COZ, but has worn many different caps as a developer and participant in the Neo ecosystem. In this episode, Joe and I talked about his entrance into the Neo ecosystem in 2017, the differences in developing on Neo back then versus today, the recent COZ flyby hackathon, and the project he and his team won with, what drives him as an ecosystem community member, the Neo Frontier Launchpad, and much more. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation with Joe as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey guys, what's going on? Dylan with the Neo News Today podcast. Today I am speaking with Joe Stewart, who the Neo community might better know as HalOX2328. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing great, Dylan. Thanks. I'm really excited to have you join the podcast because you're a longtime developer in the Neo ecosystem. Um, when I attended Neo DevCon 1 in San Francisco back in January 2018, um, not only was it my first blockchain event, but you were also on stage talking about uh, Neo Smart IoT back then. And you had these really cool lanyards that would light up whenever somebody invocated a smart contract. So you were talking on stage and your lanyard would light up in different colors, um, which was really cool. So you've, you've had a, a lot of different roles in the ecosystem. You've worked on projects. You uh, work on behalf or alongside COZ right now. You're extremely active in the Neo Discord server. So maybe you could just help um, fill in the gaps or sharing your words, what your role is in the Neo ecosystem. Yeah, you know, I, I just try to provide support wherever I can, you know, whatever my skill set um, offers, I try to try to fill in the gaps. There's obviously, you know, only so many developers in this ecosystem right now, and, and we're trying to get more. And I think, uh, you know, being able to be there and, and answer questions for people that are just getting started uh, is a big boost and, uh, it'll help grow the ecosystem overall and then make all of our holdings more valuable in the long run. So that, that's been my approach. Totally. So I, if I'm not, if I'm not incorrect, you've been developing, um, in or on the Neo blockchain since 2017. So maybe you could just share what attracted you to Neo and what has kept you around. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so uh, back in 2017, you know, I was I was looking at, uh, you know, different uh, uh, cryptocurrency platforms. I'd heard about Ethereum uh, a few years before, and I kind of kept my eye on it. And, um, you know, the opportunity arose. I was leaving one job and, uh, you know, looking to start a company, doing some contracting. I was like, you know, we'd really like to get into blockchain. I mean, I think that's where things are going to be headed in the future. Uh, and so I, I started doing some research. I looked at Ethereum and, and um, you know, uh, there were just certain things about it uh, I didn't care for. Um, you know, one of the things is, you know, having to learn Solidity. At that time, I really didn't have much, you know, JavaScript background, which is very, you know, the, I guess the nearest thing to Solidity. And I was like, I, you know, I'm going to have to learn a completely new language to, to do this. Um, and then I came across Neo 
And uh, Neo had, you know, Python, C Sharp. And I was like, this is great. Uh, you know, I've already got a little bit of experience in these languages. And, um, you know, the, uh, the language looked pretty straightforward compared to the Solidity. Uh, so I said, let me, let me dive in and figure out how this works. And so I just started, you know, downloading, um, you know, all the different components, trying to get to, you know, use some of the example smart contracts and, um, you know, got into it. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, uh, there was a hackathon announced. I was like, wow, hey, you know, here's our chance to kind of like not, not just, you know, um, you know, get our feet a little bit more into the ecosystem there, but also uh, earn a little bit of money are for our new company. So, uh, that, yeah, that's that's how it all got started. Uh, that first hackathon really kind of made us, uh, you know, dive deep into the ecosystem. And um, yeah, I just I just really liked I really liked the the um, the approach of Neo. But I also probably more than that, I really liked the community. Um, you know, it, it was. It was uh, on Slack back in those days. It wasn't on Discord yet, but um, you know, already everybody was was really open and, and sharing and helping each other, uh, and lots of cool stuff being developed. And I, I just didn't see that a lot in other communities uh, in in crypto. Um, actually, some uh, communities in crypto can be rather toxic, and uh, I wasn't really into that. Um, you know, I'd spent a few years uh, before that uh, hanging around in the Dogecoin groups, and uh, I really liked that community. You know. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, you know, um, and um, you know, I, I felt that Neo captured a lot of that, but also had a lot of capability to offer. So, uh, yeah, I just decided it's Neo or bust for me. And here we are, four years later. You recently participated in the Coz Flyby Hackathon, which was an event that was designed to test out Coz's tooling for N3 ahead of the Neo Frontier Launchpad event. So maybe you could just share a little bit from your perspective about what the goals were for COZ's flyby hackathon and um, maybe what the desired deliverables were from the event. Yeah, so the thing about COZ is, is you know, there's a, there's a lot of developers working individually on specific projects um, and not a lot of crossover. Um, so, you know, if I need to know something about, you know, what the latest features are of Neo Mamba, for example, you know, I'm going to have to go and ask somebody um, uh, and uh, take my eyes off the project I'm working on. So I think one of the goals was to, to kind of get some cross-pollination of, of, you know, the different projects in the ESO system, get them tried out by everybody else. Uh, so everybody gets a better perspective on, you know, the state of the tools. And then, you know, somebody who's coming in you know, maybe with obviously some blockchain experience, but maybe not the experience in that one tool is saying, oh, you know, if I were going to write a DAP, I'm going to need this feature and it, you know, it's not in there yet. So that's, that's the other thing is kind of uncover what the gaps were uh, remaining in the tools that, uh, you know, it might make them more difficult to use, especially for the upcoming uh, Frontier Hackathon. So you were part of the team that won the hackathon. It was called, the project was called Crip Sidra. Um, right. It was a, an application that was designed to uh, automate funding for um, somebody who wants to maybe hire a freelance uh, coder or content creator um, and also include a way to like cancel the contract while also 
enacting a timeline. So could you maybe share a little bit about what your project was and what the goals were for designing it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was an idea around um, streaming payments. Uh, one of the goals was to be able to do something that, you know, we knew we could accomplish in a week that we had, you know, for the, for the duration of the, of the hackathon. Um, you know, based on my experience in, in writing um, smart contracts in the past, uh, I kind of figured, yeah, I, I could probably write that contract in a couple of days and we could make a front end for it probably within a week. So um, we went with that. Um, the idea, uh, you know, behind streaming payments is just to, uh, you know, do something that the, the real world financial systems cannot do. You know, if, if you want to um, do a job for somebody and get paid, you know, you have to either take it all up front, all at the end, or you have to take specific increments as you go along. Um, but there's no way in the real world to just say, I'm going to set a timer and, you know, here's your salary. I'm going to put it all in there and you withdraw it, you know, according to how much time has accrued over that, uh, that time period, uh, which is great. You know, sometimes you're a little tight for cash and you need to get that, that money early. Well, there it is. It's yours. It's already, you know, whatever you've earned up to that point, you can withdraw it at any time. It gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility. And then the other, you know, goals, you know, have something that, you know, allows both sides to, to do some sort of contracting arrangement or, you know, uh, buyer seller type of uh, deal for something. And both parties can, can kind of um, get past that, you know, distrust if they don't know each other, right? Um, you're always worried if you're doing contracting work for somebody, you're worried that you're not going to get paid it, then you're going to deliver the product. Um, and, and then they're just going to ghost you. Um, and, you know, that's happened to me. I'm sure that's happened to pretty much everybody out there who's done any contracting work uh, for anybody online. You just, you know, you never know. This person seemed trustworthy, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they just uh, take off and uh, yeah, you don't get paid. Um, and then on the other side, you know, you've got people, uh, probably happens less often, but, you know, you, you pay somebody uh, to do a job and they just don't do it. You know, they drag it out. You know, they come up with excuses and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish that. And they just kind of drop communication with you after a while. And you've already put up, you know, some part of the money up front. Uh, and, you know, that's that's disappointing. That's a waste of not only your money, but your time, too, because you could have been paying somebody else more reliable to do that in the interim. So streaming payment gives you a way to kind of uh, look at the progress uh, maybe you can divide that stream up into deliverables so that you can say, okay, I'm going to put this much money up front to get to this goal. Uh, and then we're going to see how it goes and goes from there. Um, and so both parties, I think, benefit um, from, from that money being posted and, and kind of know that the payment's going to go through uh, and, and the work's going to get done. So this was, I think, uh, one of a few projects that you and your team had kind of bounced around. So it sounds like you have a lot of side projects in your mind, in addition to a lot of the work that you already do. So are there any plans to continue building out Cripsidra? Uh, yeah, there are. Uh, we do want to release that because it is something I think useful to the ecosystem. Um, and, you know, we can do it in a way that really requires, you know, no fee, right? We don't have to take a fee for doing this and turn it into a business um, because, you know, you've got basically the work that's already been done and, you know, we could host this on NeoFS. So, I mean, it could just be self-sustaining kind of autonomous staff, right? Uh, which is kind of, I think, the goal, uh, I think, uh, of cryptocurrency ultimately is to be able to remove as many middlemen as you can from the, from the transaction and just let the chain do the work. 
Yeah, that's definitely the kind of financial sovereignty that blockchains can offer. And something I'm kind of curious to hear about since, you know, you participated in the first COZ hackathon in 2017, would you have been able to build CryptSidra in 2017 with the tooling that was available in the ecosystem then um, as quickly as you did or as efficiently as you did? Or maybe you could just share a little bit about the differences between building in 2017 and building today? It, it would have taken a lot longer in 2017. Um, it probably wouldn't have been able to work the same way. Um, you know, the great thing about um, N3 is, is being able to directly pay arbitrary amounts of New York gas from a smart contract. That's something that's, that's, that's been kind of a, a stumbling block this entire time for Neo2. Um, if I were to do this in 2017 and we were to use gas, uh, it would have had to be some really convoluted arrangement where we're tracking UTXOs that are, you know, assigned to the contract and, you know, being able to pay out a fraction of that is difficult without some sort of helper, you know, that's on some centralized component outside the ecosystem. So it, it really would have taken, it would have taken longer and it would have been less decentralized and, and ultimately not as good. So there were a lot of great projects that came out of the Flyby Hackathon. Um, what was your perspective of the event and just the general types of projects? And maybe um, is that indicative of the progress of tooling and the general ecosystem over the past four years? Maybe you could touch upon, you know, the differences between then and now. Yeah, so... You know, one of the one of the big differences, uh, you know, for uh, you know, COZ especially is you know the Python is kind of the our our big thing, right? For for smart contracts, and uh, you know, Neo Boa now um, you know has full support for debugger, um, and it integrates very nicely with the uh, the um, NGD project out of Seattle. Uh, you know, the the Neo Blockchain Developer Toolkit. Um, so now, uh, it's just so easy to go through and, and debug your smart contract. Um, in 2017, it was so difficult. Um, you know, you could do test invokes and you could get back a result, but you'd never know exactly what failed in your contract, um, because you couldn't trace it line by line. I actually had to write my own debugger plug in for Neo CLI, which, you know, didn't, didn't didn't work quite as well. It, you know, it, it could only de debug live on, on the blockchain. It didn't have the ability to just like, you know, compile this contract and immediately run it step to this breakpoint and examine this stack. It just didn't have that. Um, so, ha you know, that's, that's made uh, such a difference. Um, so the fact that, you know, we've got support for that now um, and, and Neobo is just, just amazing. Um, and, uh, I think it's, you know, it made, it made these projects probably a lot easier for the other teams um, and certainly made things easier for us. What about um, your perspective on just the general tooling and the ecosystem for other languages as well? What has that path or the progression looked like over time? Um, you know, every, every other language has, has just made great strides. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time, Coding, for example, in, in, in Java or Go for smart contracts or 
or yoga, but I do spend some time supporting people that have questions, right? Because, um, you know, they'll come to the channel and have a question and maybe, you know, whoever has that knowledge, you know, may be asleep right now because this, this is an international community, right? And so I want to get them, you know, the answer to their question as fast as I can. So I try to, I try to learn, you know, about all of the different projects and yeah, um, all of these other, um, you know, ecosystems, these, these mini ecosystems like um, NeoGo, for example, uh, which is a project that NSPCC took over from COZ. I mean, they've just done amazing things with that. It's it's tightly integrated into NeoFS now. Um, so their, their tools are really great. Um, yeah, everybody's really, um, you know, really cranking up the work that's being done uh, for all fronts. So it's it's making, you know, Neo a really formidable ecosystem, I think. Yeah, that's so. So you just touched upon this, and you're one of the the handful of folks who are just like consistently answering questions in Neo Discord. Um, there are a lot of developers who are very active in there, but there's a lot of new people who are starting to trickle into the ecosystem. And I notice that I see this uptick in activity in the Dev General channel. So can you kind of tell me a little bit from your perspective about some of the recurring themes you're seeing? Um, when communicating with new devs, like what are they looking for? What are they asking? Um, what do they want to do? Just just any insight would be um, nice to hear about. Yeah, the recurring theme is, is there an example of doing this in a smart contract, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of examples have been written, but it, it doesn't touch on every capability uh, of the NeoVM yet. Um, and so that's that's where... You know, I'm kind of finding these gaps and trying to fill them. That's something I've done. Uh, you know, if somebody comes in and asks, "How do you do this?" in 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 Neo, a lot of times I'll go and write a custom example and put that into a gist and you know share that right so that I have that uh, for them. And then you know I can refer back to that later if somebody comes in with the same question again until you know whatever whatever project um, incorporates a you know more examples uh, to give people to draw from. Mm -hmm. I was. Um... In Shanghai in 2019, September 2019, for the Neo Community Assembly, and there were a bunch of people who were sitting in one room talking about all these different um, goals and visions and ways to build out N3. One thing I noticed is that every single person in there had very strong opinions and ideas about what they wanted to build, what tooling was necessary. I mean even like uh, like a three-hour discussion about decoupling the Neo VM. So I just want to hear from your perspective about what it's like collaborating with like such a global group of intelligent and passionate developers who have their own unique perspective. And how do you balance kind of um, fighting for what you think is right and also acquiescing to other people's ideas? Yeah. Well, I always assume that, you know, somebody else uh, is smarter than me, um, that, you know, I, I don't know all there is to know about blockchain. I certainly, you know, do not have the, the all of the knowledge that the core developers do. Um, I, I do have strong opinions on on certain things that need to be implemented for for ease of use. You know, that, that's that's my position. So I'm not a very good developer, so I want to make it easier for people that are also just beginning developers uh, you know, to get started and become better. You know, I'm always trying to improve. So I want to, I want to make it as painless as possible for people to get in this ecosystem and, and build their skills the way that I'm trying to do. Um, so, so I'm trying to be an advocate, I guess, for, for the newbies. 
in that regard. And so, yeah, if I feel so, really strongly about that, I'll, I'll post on, on these GitHub threads. They get very long, a little bit heated uh, um, and, and argue for something. But sometimes, you know, uh, one of the core devs will come back and say, hey, there's a very good reason that we have to do it this way. And then they explain it and lay it out. And it's like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There are certain limitations you just can't get around, right? And these guys have already thought of them usually, uh, you know, are a couple of steps ahead of me, right? So um, so that's how I approach it. I, uh, I hope that they, they listen to my suggestions and when they make sense, they implement them. I did, you know, um, get one change uh, made in, in RC3 because I went and posted a GitHub issue and said, hey, you know, we don't, we don't have this feature uh, in the standard library and we really need it. And uh, so, yeah, that, that got implemented in RC3 the next day, actually. So uh, they do listen and, and, uh, and you know, uh, take the ideas uh, into account, um, you know, when, when, they're, when they're good. So one of the things I'm excited about for Frontier Launchpad, uh, the Neo Frontier Launchpad, which is a hackathon and incubation event that's going to be taking place this summer, it's ongoing right now, is that not only are we going to see the introduction of new projects and new blood into the ecosystem, but we're also going to be kind of real-time testing N3 with a bunch of new developers from outside the ecosystem. So I just want to hear a little bit about um, maybe what you're excited about for, for the Launchpad event, whether it's from the core developer experience or if it's from... Uh, just an outsider's perspective about what's going to be coming into the Neo ecosystem and also uh, hear a little bit about how you anticipate your role and other ecosystem developers offering support to these new devs coming into the ecosystem. Uh, so, yeah, I am, I'm excited about this and, and, and figuring out, you know, what all of the gaps are and, and things that, that I don't even think about because I've been in it so long, um, you know, things that need to be addressed. Um, and having this many people looking at it is great. At the same time, I'm also kind of dreading that, right? Because I, I know that I'm only going to be getting a lot of questions. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in Discord trying to, you know, research and, and look through the source code and figure out uh, the answers to these questions and, and write examples. So, so it's probably going to take up a fair amount of my time. Um, so, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting, but um, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't, uh, you know, just become overwhelming <laughs> because, uh, you know, I think. The, this many developers uh, that have signed up for the hackathon is just just amazing. Totally. I mean, more than four uh, four hundred developers now, um, I believe. If if I'm wrong, I'll edit this out. <laughs> um, but I am curious to hear. Uh, you know, the 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 launchpad event launched last week, and the first week was for the planathon phase, and that just concluded. So. Have you noticed any differences in conversations in the Dev General chat from before the event and since the event started? And what have the conversations with new devs been like? Uh, it hasn't increased that much yet. Um, you know, the, the new devs that we've got in, you know, came in and um, I asked a bunch of questions early, um, you know, trying to figure out how all this worked and, and get pointers to different uh, uh, documentation. Um, and it hasn't, actually, I think, uh, the, uh, the, the, the actual hackathon, I think doesn't kick off just yet. I think that's in a couple more days. Um, so I, I'm not sure, uh, if that's, that's this weekend is when the floodgates are going to open. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start getting inundated with all of the, uh, the nitty gritty technical questions. 
Awesome. So let's get out of the weeds and the nitty gritty, um, kind of wrapping up. What are you most excited about for Neo N3? Uh, I'm excited about kind of finally being able to, you know, ditch this whole Chinese Ethereum label that everybody's slapped on it over the years. Uh, Neo is so much more than that. Um, you know, it's, it's just an amazing ecosystem and, you know, N3 has just made it um, so much better. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having just a ton of dApps that, that are all released and working smoothly on the platform and, and be able to say, no, yeah, we actually do have, you know, this and this and this application that are all working today and people are actually using them and there's significant traffic and the blockchain is handling it just fine. So to kind of wrap up our interview, you wear a ton of different hats in the ecosystem. So I just kind of want to ask this general question. What's next? What can uh, Neo News Today listeners um, keep an eye out coming out of from your end uh, in the next quarter or two? Uh, so I hope to start putting out just more um, example dApps. I want to get um, one of the dApps that I had written for Neo2, which was the safe remote purchase example. I want to get that out uh, for N3. Um, I want to get something around NeoFS uh, that'll make that uh, you know a, a nice straightforward example for people uh, of how to include NeoFS in their dApps. So so that's that's it for me is is not just code snippets, but you know full end-to-end working dApp examples. Joe, you've been a beacon in the Neo community for many years now. So I was really excited to have you join the podcast today. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule, which seems to be never ending to, to come and <laughs> chat with us today. Anytime. Always happy to talk about Neo. Awesome. Well, I look forward to uh, running into you again at a future event and the person in person now that um, restrictions are kind of easing up. And I wish you the best of luck in answering all the developer questions that will be coming your way for the uh, Neo Frontier Launchpad. Absolutely. Thanks. Cheers. Have a good one, Joe. All right. You too. Well, what did you think of that conversation? It was awesome hearing more about the Crip Sidra project from the COZ Flyby Hackathon and how it uses the NEO blockchain to do something real-world financial systems cannot. It was also great to learn more about Joe's passion for onboarding new ecosystem developers and how he's building a library of smart contract examples based off their questions. Finally, it was nice to get to listen to Joe share his perspective on how the ecosystem has improved and matured over time during his tenure beginning in 2017. To keep up to date with the latest in the NEO ecosystem, visit www.neonewstoday.com. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. And leave a five-star review if you feel that others should hear our content. Every subscription and review helps others learn more about the NEO News Today podcast and the NEO ecosystem. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Neo News Today podcast, and we look forward to catching you next time. <laughs>